Welcome to Demystify Magic with Molly and Madison. I'm Molly, a former skeptic turned full-time energy healer and teacher. And I'm Madison, a born and raised witch running my family's crystal shop. And we're here to explore all things woo through the lens of both science and spirituality so that you can find the moments of magic in your everyday life and create an intentional spiritual practice. So if that's what you're into, find a cozy spot, take a deep breath, and let's demystify some magic. Hi, friend. Hi. Welcome back to the pod. Hello, hello, hello. How's it going? It's going. It's going. We are talking about an exciting topic, one that is near and dear to both of us, and that is how to meditate if you have ADHD or other squiggly brainedness situations. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm really excited about this because we both have squiggly brains, and at least for me, I felt like meditation was the most impossible thing ever until I started to meditate in a way that worked for my brain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that meditation, like mainstream meditation is very neurotypically centered. I mean, that feels like Mm -hmm. stating the obvious, but quote unquote, normal brains are at the center of that conversation. And it, to me, felt like something that I felt like no one was speaking to me. And so I felt like I didn't belong in the conversation. Totally. Yeah. And I think even if you listen to this episode and hear the myth busting we are going to do about meditation, it's going to help. And if you're listening to this and you're like, well, I don't have ADHD, that's great. These tips are going to help deepen your meditation practice even more if you have a linear brain. Mm -hmm. So we're going to start off with our magic moment. Molly, why don't you go first? Oof. I had a hard time coming up with a magic moment this week because I just feel like I had so many of them. (laughs) (laughs) A good problem. A good problem. But I think the one that is most tangible in my brain is that yesterday I did my first in-person group Reiki training, which is wild to me. Clap, 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 clap. Yeah. I've been doing this training program online for the last three and a half years and I've done private like one-on-one Reiki trainings over that time too but this is my first time getting a group together in real life living breathing humans in the same space as me for this training and it was it was awesome and the cool part was it didn't feel any different from the online training like I don't know what I expected I was like I think I expected either to I I was a little bit worried that I was going to love in person so much that I wouldn't want to do online again or I was worried that the online wouldn't translate in person the same way But honestly, it felt like the same training just with individuals in front of me rather than like through Zoom, which was cool. So I'm I'm doing another one down at your shop in a couple of weeks and we'll see. We'll see if I feel the same way after that. But um, I definitely am not deserting the online program. It's just fun to do do something a little different and be able to connect with people in a different way. Yeah. Selfishly, I'm so glad that it went well. Because that means that your your excitement level remains the same for our training in a couple weeks. Yeah, I think the excitement level is even higher. Yeah, because it's like I don't know. I think I think it's I think it's cool that like I'm I'm getting to travel to a different state mm-hmm. to do this training. That's yeah. like bonkers to me. <laughs> I'm so excited, and I think you know one of my favorite things about our friendship is the way that we get to watch each other do cool things and cheer each other on. So I had so much fun looking at your pictures from Ricky training. It was such a blast. I'm so glad that it went well and that 
we're rearing up. That means, honestly, now I'm like, okay, that just means that we're one step closer to Molly being in Florida. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm so excited. In-person bestie time. Speaking of Florida, what is your magic moment of the week? Molly's already heard um, <laughs> my magic moment because before we started recording, I couldn't keep it to myself. Usually I'll try if I have like a good story, I'll try to keep it to myself until we start recording. But there was there was a part of the story that was not a good story. And it took a while to get to the the version of this story where it becomes my magic moment. So just just stay with me as we start this magic moment by me telling you that my house is infested with termites. Um, and the thing is, I it's not funny. It's not funny, but it's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, I've known that my house has termites in it. The thing about termites, if you don't know, I don't know. I didn't know a lot about termites until I moved into this house. Is that they're very hard to get rid of, and I live in an apartment that there's four apartments on top of two retail spaces and two tent for termites, allegedly. And you know what? If you're a termite expert, let me know because this is just what I've heard from my landlord. <laughs> so maybe this isn't even the truth. Maybe termites are very easy to get rid of. But my personal understanding from this man who owns the building that I live in is that to tent for termites, everyone would have to leave for multiple days. Um, the retail spaces would have to close. And so kind of everyone's just collectively decided that we are going to make peace with the termites. <laughs> you can, if you don't bother me, I don't bother you. And that was fine for the past nine or 10 months that I've lived here until last night when the termites broke their end of the bargain. And <laughs> I saw a termite for the first time and it landed on me while I was peeing. <laughs> landed on my leg while I was this peeing, is horrifying. Had never seen one before. Had to Google what does a termite look like. I realized that was what was in my house. Lost my marbles. Um, saw three more. My cat was like, anytime that she looked at something, I was like, it's a term. It's a swarm of termites. She's seeing a swarm of termites that I can't see. I freaked out. Had to flee to my boyfriend's house. Slept there. I was like, maybe I live here now. Regardless. So this morning, I. Molly and I are talking and I have no idea what my magic moment is. And so here's where we get meta because my magic moment is that this podcast and having the magic moment has made me practice what I preach so hard that I was like, <laughs> you know what? We are going to make this witchy as fuck. And so I, right before we started recording, looked up what termites represent metaphysically, spiritually, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm going to read you the thing that popped up in big letters on Google. In many cultures, the termite is seen as a symbol of resilience, determination, and long-term planning. By looking at the termite's life cycle and habits, it's easy to see why it has become such an important spiritual symbol. And am I still terrified of these termites? Yes. Am I sleeping in my own house tonight? No. <laughs> but in this moment, while I have to be home for us to record this podcast, my terrified levels have gone from like a 10 to like a 5.5. And that's all I can really ask for. So resilient. So I'm, you know what? The thing about me is I am a termite. I am so <laughs> spiritually, I am a termite right now. I am so resilient. I am so determined to get this podcast recorded. I love that. So let's do it. Let's talk about meditation with ADHD. First of all, when were you diagnosed with ADHD? This is something I don't know about you. Um, I was a wee, wee young tot. I was in like kindergarten or first grade. Really? I wasn't diagnosed until a year ago. Oh, really? I love this. Yeah. And our conflicting experiences. 
Yeah. 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 So it's always, it's always been a part of my life always mm-hmm. to the point where like I didn't realize my brain was abnormal because mm-hmm. it was just like, yeah, I have blonde hair and I have ADHD. Like those are two mm-hmm. in the same. And I am the complete opposite where I spent my whole adolescence, most like, you know, all my early 20s thinking, what the fuck is wrong with me? Mm. Thinking I was lazy, thinking that, you know, and this is why I had a lot of shame around meditation for a long time is because I thought that I just wasn't, wasn't good enough. Mm. Yeah. I think, I think for me, my ADHD didn't start to like affect my life until I started my business. And Mm -hmm. all of a sudden I had to like plan, you know, Mm -hmm. like when you, when you have a business, it's like you're responsible for your schedule. You're responsible for your to-do list. You're responsible for getting things done. There's no one like holding your hand and like making you Mm -hmm. do that. Yeah. And also like you have to be responsible for like money and budgets and like planning ahead, which is like not anything I ever did before. And so when I started trying to do that, my brain was like, it does not compute. Like it was like a robot short circuiting. Mm -hmm. It feels very much the same for me. I think that was kind of the catalyst to my diagnosis is the store opened about 18 months ago. And so I guess if I did the math, I think it probably was about, no, it's probably been a little bit more than a year since my diagnosis. But taking away that level of having a boss, I realized, you know, in school, I got things done decently enough under the threat of a failing grade. Yeah. I did decently enough in my jobs at the fear of be disappointing my boss and being reprimanded. Mm-hmm. And when all of those levels were taken away, I suddenly couldn't do anything. Yeah. 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 And I noticed a big difference when I started like my meditation practice, which was right around the time when I started teaching yoga and studying yoga, which is kind of like the catalyst for my business the way it is now, I noticed a big difference in like the the days that I was working on my business and like meditating regularly versus when I would go through sort of like lulls in my practice and not not meditate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. um, then it was like, like my brain was just like all over the place. Yeah. So I think the first thing we need to get out of the way is what is meditation? And then we need to tell you what meditation isn't mm-hmm. <laughs> because I think there's a lot of misconceptions about this. I know I held a lot of misconceptions. I thought before I started meditating, I was like, oh, I can't do that. I can't mm-hmm. do that. I have ADHD. Yep. But the thing about meditation is that it's not just one thing. It's not just like sitting at the top of a peaceful hill chanting om and like having a clear, quiet mind in the lotus position, cross-legged for hours on end. No. Mm -hmm. Meditation, by definition, is simply doing one thing at a time and giving it your curious attention. Mm -hmm. That's it. It's just paying attention to what's happening Mm -hmm. without judgment, without qualifying it as good or bad. Mm Mm-hmm. If you're doing a seated meditation practice, right, it's it's watching your breath, letting your mind wander because that's how your brain works. Your brain is trained to think. Mm-hmm. So it's not about like quieting your mind. It's about when you're watching your breath and you see your mind wander, calling it back. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, my brain is starting to think about my grocery list. How interesting. How curious. I'm going to come back to my breath now. Whoop, the next breath, I'm thinking about how there's a rock in my shoe. 
So interesting. I'm going to come back to my breath now. And the actual practice of meditation is in the wandering of the mind. Mm -hmm. It's not about quieting your mind. It's not about clearing the mind or being free from thoughts. It's about what are you doing about those thoughts? Mm -hmm. Are you able to be with that turbulence? Are you able to be in a state of curiosity rather than a state of judgment? Are you able to be like, oh, it's so cute. My brain is doing what it's trained to do versus why does my brain suck? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it really is an action word. Like meditating is a verb. It's that pulling it back to the breath. Mm -hmm. That's where the work is. Or whatever the focus is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's where you get the benefits. Because if you just sat and you didn't have thoughts, you would not be training your brain to focus. Mm-hmm. The training comes in the calling back. Yes, 100%. I think there's a lot of perfectionism tied up in and almost like competitiveness in mm. how how quiet you can make your mind, how free from thought you can be, mm-hmm. how zen you can be. And that's great if you can, if you are a person who can sit and not think for an hour. I am kind of jealous of you. <laughs> But like, that's, that's great. I'm happy for you. If that is not you, that doesn't mean you can't meditate. That doesn't mean you aren't meditating. Yeah. I would argue that the person who's has zero thoughts the entire time is meditating less than the person who has a thousand thoughts. Hard agree. Hard agree. Yeah. There's a great story that I learned early, early on in my meditation journey that I always used, um, to teach, teach students about meditation. I'm so excited. I also haven't heard this story, so we're all hearing it for the first time. <laughs> okay. I don't know if it's a true story or if it's just like a Zen proverb, but basically the story goes that there's a person walking along the road and as they're walking, they start to hear hooves. They start to hear a horse behind them. And as they're listening, they're noticing that the hooves are getting louder and faster and closer. And so they turn and they see a man riding the horse And he's like whipping down the road. He's like clearly very dead set on his destination. And so the person in the road shouts out to the man on the horse and says, hey, where are you going? And the man on the horse says, I don't know. Ask the horse. (laughs) (laughs) And that's really like how our brain is. So often we're moving through life on autopilot. We are just at the mercy of that horse in our in our head between our ears. And what meditation does, it's not about stopping the horse because we need our brain to think. And it's not even about slowing the horse down because maybe it's going where you want to go. It's about putting your hands back on the reins mm-hmm. and deciding, do I want to follow this horse? Do I want to follow this thought? Or do I want to change directions? And I think that's why when you have ADHD, meditation can be so powerful because so often ADHD feels like we're on a horse going in every direction except for the one that we want to go in. It's like, I know there are days where I have a to-do list and I have things I need to get done. And for whatever reason, it's like my brain wants to do anything that's not on that list. It's like, sometimes it's just the idea of like making lunch. I open my refrigerator and I can't piece together the steps to put a food together from the ingredients in my fridge. Mm -hmm. And often that feels like I'm on a horse that's just like galloping wildly in any direction. And when we practice in meditation, taking the reins back, it's like all of a sudden we can feel this sense of like compassion towards the horse Mm -hmm. rather than like, 
being pissed off at it. And we can start to develop this compassion towards our ADHD and towards our mind and towards the way that we are wired instead of just like seeing it as this thing that is constantly undermining us. Yeah. And what I think is interesting is I used to think that meditation was letting go of the reins. I used to think that the way my brain was supposed to be was quiet mm. and that that was what meditation was, was was letting go of the reins and letting the horse run. And I thought that was what quiet was. And I think that's why meditation was so hard for me mm-hmm. when I first started trying to get into it because I thought my natural state was supposed to be that Zen, that quiet, that emptiness. Yeah. And like, the thing about that is your brain is trained to think. You want it to think, right? If your brain was quiet, you wouldn't get anything done. You wouldn't have any ideas. You would never have any focus because there would be nothing there. And your brain is your brain is not trying to undermine you. Mm-hmm. It's doing the best it can to A, keep you alive mm-hmm. <laughs> and B, preserve itself by keeping you alive. Yeah. And so oftentimes this when we fight our wiring, it's like your brain starts to kind of like freak out. It's like if you have a dog on a leash and it gets scared, it just starts to like squirm around rather than like, you know, healing and and walking in a straight line. And your brain is kind of the same way. The more you fight your wiring, the more wily it's going to get. Yeah. And I think that is what makes it so strange that there's like this moral superiority assigned to having a quiet brain. Yeah. And I don't even know if it's like, I think it's a perceived superiority because I don't know a sing, I don't know a single person that has a quiet mind. I know people who've meditated yeah. for decades and they still have this experience with their horse brain. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it, it's so interesting to me that we have this perfectionism assigned to meditation when it's literally called a practice. Mm-hmm. Uh. Like it's literally called a practice. <laughs> That's why it's called a practice. That hit me. There's no end goal to it. The practice itself, the bringing your mind back, that is Mm -hmm. meditation. That is the Mm -hmm. practice. It's not like the end goal of meditation isn't to quiet your mind. The end goal of meditation is to like practice. (laughs) Yes. Uh, That was good. You should write that down. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Good thing you have it recorded. (laughs) So we're going to rapid fire go through why why you should meditate with ADHD or why you should consider meditating with ADHD. Some of the mm-hmm. things you may have heard before, some of the things might be new for you. Okay. Number one, the most obvious benefit for people with ADHD, improved focus. Yep. The more you rein your brain in when you're sitting and very much in in the squirreliness of your mind, the more your brain starts to learn how to focus in other areas of your life. Mm-hmm. Next, reduced impulsivity. Yes. I have a great story about this. Very quick one. So I, my ADHD tends to thwart me financially a lot. So Mm -hmm. I, I like to create a budget and for like a week I am like on it. I'm like, I am the best at budgeting. And then there'll be one day where I'm like, Ooh, I'm out of moisturizer. I need to go buy my skincare. And then while I'm there, I'm like, oh, I should stop by Target and get that t-shirt that I like in another color. And then you know what? While I'm here, I might as well go to Starbucks and get a Frappuccino. And then next thing you know, I've like blown half my budget for the week in like an hour. (laughs) (laughs) And like that is such like an ADHD thing. We have like this, it's very difficult for us to control that impulsivity. Um, And it's almost like, a, a. I see it as like a dam. Once the dam lifts, it just like flows. 
And so with meditation, I've started to become more mindful of like, do I actually want the Frappuccino or am I just being taken by like the marketing inside the Target? Do I actually like this top in this color or am I just buying it because I'm worried they're going to stop making this shirt and I need every color that exists? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I didn't even really notice that as a facet of my life until we started preparing for this episode. And I was like, you know, (laughs) (laughs) now that I, now that I think about it, Mm -hmm. I look at how my life looks. And that's with a lot of these. I look at how my life looks when I'm not, when I'm not meditating frequently, when I'm not in that practice versus when I am. And impulsive is a good word for it. (laughs) (laughs) Next one is increased self-awareness. This one is big for me. Um, We'll talk about it a little bit later, but active meditation is really the only way that I meditate. And we also talk a little bit, we talk pretty frequently actually on this podcast about how I struggle with the connection between mind and body. Um, Getting in my body is very difficult for me. Mm -hmm. And I think that is also another ADHD thing is that when your brain is so squiggly, Mm-hmm. You're spending all your time up there trying to like undo those squiggles, trying to straighten those squiggles out. Yeah. yeah. And it can be hard to live in the body. Yeah. And like energetically speaking, energy flows where your awareness goes. So mm-hmm. if you're spending all your time untangling squiggles in your brain, all of your energy is going up into your head. So it can be hard to reconnect with anything below the neck. Mm-hmm. And so in that active meditation, when the only thing that I'm focused on really, the thing that I'm drawing my attention back to is that action. I don't want to spoil it. It's mostly pottery. I'm so excited to talk about pottery in this episode. Really, this episode was my, I've been, I've been pushing for this episode for a long time because I want to talk about pottery as meditation because I love it so much. Drawing myself back to the feeling of clay in my hands, mm-hmm. that puts me in my body. Yes. Something tactile. And when you come into your body, that starts to reduce stress and anxiety because anxiety and stress live up in your brain and they live usually in the future, worrying about what's going to happen or what might happen. Whereas when you're in your body, you have to be in the present moment because your body only exists here and now. Sensation only exists in the present moment. So the Mm -hmm. more you drop into your body, the more you reduce that stress, the more you start to manage your anxiety, which often goes hand in hand with ADHD. And Mm -hmm. it helps improve your sleep because when you're able to create some space, when you're able to slow that horse down and reduce that stress and come into your body, now all of a sudden you're able to fall asleep much easier. Mm -hmm. How fun, how connected all those are. I know. So cute. All right. Next, we're going to bust some myths about meditation. All right. Bust them. Rapid fire. We talked about this one already, but I'm going to say it again for the people in the back. Meditation is not clearing your mind. Nope. If your mind is busy when you're meditating, congratulations. You're doing it right. Yes. You're noticing that busyness. That's the Mm -hmm. whole practice. That's the point. Similarly, meditation does not have to be done cross-legged. It does not have to be done sitting in stillness or in quiet. You can do it standing. You could do it in jumping jacks. You can do it rock climbing. You could do it at a rock and roll show. It does not matter. Mm Mm-hmm. It also does not take a long time to work. Nope. You do not have to do it for days to find the effects of it. You can do it for two minutes at a time. You can do it for 30 seconds, and that is better than zero seconds. You do it for one breath. And you also, you're not bad at it. 
no matter what you think, even if you've never done it before, even if you feel like you've never successfully done it, you can meditate. You are not bad at it. You do not suck. Yep. The less you can focus, the better you are at meditating. Because guess what? Every time you notice, oh, I can't focus. My brain is so busy. My brain won't shut the fuck up. You're meditating. Mm-hmm. Because most of that time, if you weren't meditating, all those things would go on autopilot. Mm-hmm. So the more you notice you can't focus, the more you're actually doing it right. The less exciting myth to bust is that it is not a quick fix. Nope. It is not going to instantly, it's not going to cure your ADHD. Nope. It is not going to change your life in that dramatic way. At least not at first. Not at first. It's, it is a quiet change at first. Yeah. And it's a cumulative practice. So you might maybe go to a meditation class or something or a yoga class and meditate. And then guess what? Tomorrow you you still have to meditate. <laughs> That's why we always recommend like two minutes a day is mm-hmm. more important than 60 minutes a day because the more often you do it, the more effective it becomes. Mm-hmm. And sixty saying 60 minutes a day often turns into 60 minutes once a month. If that. The other myth is that meditation is supposed to be easy or relaxing. I would say, sure, sometimes meditation can feel relaxing. For me, with ADHD, most of the time after I meditate, I feel better. During, I don't always love it. I don't Mm -hmm. always love it. It definitely does not feel easy for me. And I have meditated for the last seven years of my life. And I've been teaching meditation for almost as long. And it's still Mm -hmm. not easy. And it's still Mm -hmm. not always relaxing. But would do it anyway because I know I am a holy hot mess without it. Yep. Traditional meditation that you imagine when somebody says the word meditate where you're sitting down and you're just focused on your breath, that type of meditation is always a chore for me. Mm-hmm. It's a chore that I do because it's also an act of self-care in the same way that most chores are an act of self-care, but it is a chore. Yeah. It's like brushing your teeth. I don't love doing it, but mm-hmm. I know Yeah, I know I, I don't like not doing it. Yep. Next myth. You don't need any equipment, quote unquote. You don't need a special place to meditate. You don't mm-hmm. need those fancy cushions. They're fun. They're pleasant, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But you can meditate anywhere. Yeah. And I would also add that like the less peaceful your space is that you're meditating in, the better. I, yeah. The first place I ever Tell taught me more. meditation. <laughs> first place I ever taught meditation was in a rock climbing gym underneath of the course stairs to the kids camp. And I taught a yin yoga and meditation class, which is like a very quiet mindfulness practice. And Mm -hmm. so just imagine like cold cement floors, kids, like elephants running up and down the stairs above us and techno music outside the doors. It was the best place to practice meditation. Because here's the thing Mm -hmm. is your life is not designed for perfect circumstances if you only mm-hmm. practice reining your your focus in when it's quiet and serene and peaceful, it's not really going to help you in everyday life as much as if you practice, okay, I, my feet are really cold, but I'm going to come back to my body, come back to my breath. Oh, those kids are so loud. I'm going to let that go and come back to my breath. It's like those are circumstances you're actually going to encounter in your life. And so the more you practice like having a non-judgmental awareness practice in those spaces, the more you will see that translate to your everyday life. That's such a good point. I had never even thought of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that also connects to our last myth. 
that meditation is a solitary practice. You do not need to be alone. Even if those people around you are meditating or not, you don't need to insulate yourself yeah. to meditate successfully. Yeah. You can if you want to, but you don't have to. Mm-hmm. All right. Are we ready to talk how we meditate with our squiggly brains? Yeah. These are some ways we came up with to make meditation suck less if you do have ADHD. The first is mm-hmm. you got to remove the judgment. You got you to gotta notice that. Notice if you mm-hmm. have this expectation that meditation needs to look or feel a certain way and allow yourself to step outside of that. Allow yourself to step out of the judgment. I always say the antidote to judgment is curiosity because they can't coexist in Mm -hmm. your brain. So judgment is saying things like, oh, I should be able to do this or I should be able to sit still or I should whatever. There's a lot of shoulds around it Mm -hmm. or a lot of assumptions. But curiosity is saying like, "Hmm, it's so interesting that every time I sit down to meditate, my brain just like goes bonkers. And the thing is, that's normal for anyone if you have a squiggly brain or not, because life is a lot like driving down the highway at 70 miles per hour. When we sit to meditate, it's like slamming on the brakes. All the shit from the backseat comes forward. So it's Mm -hmm. normal when you sit down and your brain is like a squiggly line the entire time. Like that's normal. Mm -hmm. In order to make meditation effective and also like suck less, is to step outside of that judgment and to just be curious. Like, hmm, that's so interesting. How cute that my brain's mm-hmm. doing that thing that it's designed for. Yep. And the thing about that is the removal of judgment is a practice within itself. That is the practice. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that is mm-hmm. the practice. <laughs> and so if you feel that judgment continue to come up and you feel that shame continue to be a part of your practice – that is also okay. It is okay to have to switch to curiosity over and over and over. And if that's all you do, if that's yeah. all meditation is for a while. That is the practice. It's just the acknowledgement of the judgment and the acknowledgement of the shame and the redirection to curiosity. It's not mm-hmm. like you haven't started yet. Like that's not a prerequisite for starting. No, that is the practice. And the cool thing is how you do anything is how you do everything. So as you start to move from judgment to curiosity in your meditation practice, that starts to show up in the rest of your life. There are likely other areas of your life that you're putting expectations on yourself or the way that you should be able to get things done, but your ADHD gets in your way. It's like the more you can practice leaning into curiosity in your meditation, the more you start to lean into curiosity in the rest of your life and the more you let yourself off the hook. Yes. Life imitates art. Life also imitates meditation. Boom. (laughs) Okay. So if you feel more called to a seated practice, that more quote unquote traditional idea of what meditation is, I think something that feels so simple and silly that has helped me a lot is laying down instead of sitting down. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite meditations are in like yoga classes that are like lying down most of the time like yin or restorative Mm -hmm. where it's like I can just drape my body over a pillow and just be there for a few minutes Mm -hmm. and then move to a different position and then do it again Mm -hmm. I think there's so much more for some reason something about sitting down is what makes me so fidgety Mm -hmm. like 
poor Molly who has to sit here for an hour once a week and watch me just wiggle my chair back and forth <laughs> while we talk and <laughs> watch me like wiggle my feet and tap my fingers together. And something about, I think, removing that aspect, one, makes me fidget less, mm-hmm. but two, the fidgeting feels less like it's less noticeable to me. I can do it and not be so focused on it. It's just like a part of my brain yeah. and my body working together rather than like, why are you why are you wiggling your chair back and forth? Why are you changing positions again? Mm-hmm. Why are you doing X, Y, Z? And instead of just letting my body do. Yeah, the more comfortable your physical body is, the easier it's going to be for you to focus on anything else, right? Because our body mm-hmm. steals a lot of our focus. Mm-hmm. And so- Yeah, lying down, being comfortable, swaddling yourself in a blanket are all great, all great. Mm -hmm. Another thing that can be really helpful is to give your brain something more tangible to focus on. A lot of times we hear, you know, guidance around like following your breath, but like, honestly, I think following your breath, just your natural breath can be really difficult because 99% of the time we breathe on autopilot. And so when you bring attention to just like your natural breath, it's easy for it to fade into the background. So having a more tangible object of your awareness or your focus, I find is much easier. That's why I really like to bring Reiki into my meditation practice because when I'm doing Reiki for myself and my hands are on my body, I can focus on the tangible tactile sensation of my hands against my skin or against my clothing. I can feel the weight of my hands on my body. I can focus my awareness on the energy that I'm feeling. I can focus the awareness on a visualization of Reiki or of stating the Reiki principles or maybe I bring my hands off my body slightly and I notice how that changes the sensation and I just find it's like a much stronger anchor for me and at the same time we know that Reiki helps reduce stress and helps the body get comfortable and helps manage anxiety so it's like naturally these two things like pair together and I find that they're much more potent but you could also use breath work you could do uh, one practice that I really like is called dirga breathing or complete breath and it's this practice of breathing into the abdomen and feeling that expansion and then continuing the breath and feeling the expansion of the ribs and then feeling the expansion in the chest And then as you exhale, feeling all three parts of your abdomen sink. So it's this like breathing in and really consciously filling up all parts of your torso and then releasing in the same way. And that helps your brain settle much faster. Mm -hmm. I think for me also have something to focus on. Like I've never, ever, ever been able to just meditate in silence. Mm. I know you talk a lot about the Calm app. Uh, not sponsored, but it could be if you wanted. Um, <laughs> I think using a guided meditation is one of the best ways to get started yeah. if you have ADHD. Having something to listen to and something to focus on if focusing on breath alone is difficult for you. Mm-hmm. That is so helpful. Having something that anchors me yeah. in the present Somebody else's voice is so, so helpful for that. Yeah. We'll put some resources in the show notes. If you're new to guided meditations, we'll put some of our faves down there um, that are both, you know, some free options and some paid options, just depending on what you're looking for. Yeah. Okay. Now my favorite kind of meditation, which is active meditation. Yay. 
Active meditation is basically meditating when you're doing stuff. (laughs) That's Mm -hmm. how I describe it. It's like in your daily life, whatever you're doing, bringing this element of attention and awareness and curiosity to Mm -hmm. whatever it is you're doing. Which seems so counterintuitive when you have been operating under the assumptions that we went over about meditation before. Mm -hmm. Like that seems like active meditation feels like an oxymoron. But when I learned what uh, what active meditation was, I was like, oh, so I've had a meditation practice my whole life. Yes. Yeah. So some examples that we can like ground this in that you may have heard of is like yoga is an active meditation, right? You're moving mm-hmm. your body. You're connecting with your breath. You're bringing your awareness inward. Active meditation. Mindful mm-hmm. walking right? Paying attention to as you're walking through nature, like hearing the sounds, feeling your feet in your shoes, noticing your breath, right? Journaling Mm -hmm. is an active meditation. If you're journaling on Mm -hmm. a prompt, right? Like you can start to bring your awareness to uh, how the pen glides across your paper, uh, taking a few deep breaths while you're writing your prompt down, whatever the case may be. Mm Mm-hmm. But we also have some that are less traditional. (laughs) (laughs) Like what I was talking about earlier with pottery. Mm -hmm. The biggest thing for me with meditation in ADHD is that I get so easily just – if I get frustrated, the first thing I want to do is pick up my phone. Mm -hmm. The second I feel that moment of judgment, that that inkling of shame of my mind wandering, I want to say, well, fuck this. I'm just going to, you know, get on Twitter. Yep. And so finding something that you cannot touch anything else besides the thing that you are mm-hmm. working on, like clay, if you've ever thrown pottery on a wheel, you know it's very messy. Your hands are covered in clay. I couldn't touch my phone if I wanted to. Like no matter how badly I want to, no matter how many notifications I'm getting, if I can see them, like I have to stop what I'm doing, wash my hands, touch my phone, and then go back to it. And you just don't want to do that when you're throwing. Yeah. And that for me is the easiest way to meditate is to take the option away to focus on anything else. Mm-hmm. It something tactile crochet is also a great way to do this if, you know, mess is not for you. If you have ever crocheted, it's it's like a pattern that it is easiest to do in one motion. Mm. If you just do it over and over stopping and starting, makes it take a lot longer. Yeah. Unless you're really good at crochet, I bet, but I'm I'm not. Um I would I would give myself a three out of ten on the crochet meter. <laughs> so for me, it's easiest to do it if I don't stop moving. Yeah. It's like tying your shoes. You know how they say that when you learn how to tie your shoes, your brain mo- learns it as one motion. So if you mm-hmm. stop in the middle, you have to start over. Yeah. That's how it feels. Is tying your shoes an active meditation? I mean, it could be if you're paying attention to it. <laughs> now, now, now that I've thought about so it. So it's like when we're when we're doing these active meditations, it's not just like doing the thing. It's like bringing awareness to you doing the thing. So like when you're throwing pottery, mm-hmm. it's like paying attention to how that clay feels in your hands, right? Like mm-hmm. maybe taking a few deep breaths. I know I've never thrown pottery, but I have watched The Great Pottery Throwdown many times. It's such a good show. And I know that they have to be so intentional about like the placement of their body and the amount of pressure they're putting on the clay and like mm-hmm. being really watchful, especially as that pot gets bigger because it can like get all wonky and then it gets, you have to squish it. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. like all of that is like you're honing your awareness in. 
You're bringing your awareness in. Same with crochet. It's like, even if that's autopilot, it's like you can't really get your brain far away from it because then it's like, if you miss a step, you're like, oh my God, how do I get back? Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. There's a base level of focus that's required. Mm -hmm. And that is a lot easier for me to bring my focus towards than my breath. Yeah. Yeah. I really like washing dishes for an active meditation. I I am someone, Mm -hmm. I, I hate doing dishes. I'm going to say that, but dish gloves have changed my life because it's Mm -hmm. like all the joy of like getting your hands warm underwater without the wetness (laughs) of it, which I can't stand. Uh Uh-huh. So without the sensory part. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like when I'm washing dishes, it's like I have the gloves and like I can feel the hot water and I can like feel the sponge in one hand. And it's like kind of like an automated movement once you get into it. But it's like I'm really focused on that like warmth in my hands, my feet on the floor, taking a couple of deep breaths. Mm-hmm. It's another thing where you have to be touched. Like you- Yeah, I can't touch my phone. To stop yeah. washing the dishes. Yeah. You would have to take the gloves off, mm-hmm. lay them down where they're wet, Yeah, make a wet spot on the counter <laughs> to, to touch something else, to grab something else, to be distracted by something else. I think that like, like that gentle forcing mm-hmm. of focus is so important for me and my squiggly brain. Yeah. I also really like video games as an active meditation. I so okay, so I have noticed this. Here comes our hot, hot take alert. Hot take alert. <laughs> hot take alert. <laughs> so I um, recently started playing Candy Crush again, and that's my current hyperfixation. I know I'm like mm-hmm. 85 years old. Please, I you already know this about me, but what I notice when I'm playing video games, and especially if there's like an element of like, ooh, I don't want to mess this up because I have like a streak going. I will notice myself clenching while I'm playing. Like I will notice myself holding my breath or like clenching my jaw or like tension start to build in my body because I'm like so focused on it, which I think like when we have ADHD and we hyper-focus, that tends to happen because we disconnect from the body. And so while Mm -hmm. I'm playing these games, I make it a point to tune into my body throughout the different levels. It's like, Mm -hmm. okay, Like the chocolate is starting to take over the entire bottom of the screen. We're okay. I'm going to take a deep breath. I'm going to unclench my butt. And then like when I do get like that combo candy and like everything starts to pop off, I'm like, I notice Mm -hmm. that rush of like excitement. I notice that like, uh, like that lift. And so it's like becoming aware of how my body is responding while I'm in this hyper fixation. I've noticed Mm -hmm. has helped me tune into my body when I'm hyper fixated at work. Like I don't skip lunch anymore. I used to get so mm-hmm. hyper-focused that I would never notice my bodily cues that I needed. I'd be like a sim and all of my needs would be like in the red. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so that has helped me so much just like tuning into my body while I'm playing whatever video game it is and then mm-hmm. just noticing how my body's responding. Now it's like I'm much more aware of that in the rest of my life. Yes. When I say that learning what active meditation was made me realize that I've had a meditation practice most of my life, I mean Candy Crush. Yeah. <laughs> Why are we not friends on Candy Crush? I don't know. Okay. We got to fix that. We'll have to fix that later. But it is very much the same thing for me where the quietest my mind has ever been, the easiest it has ever been for me to redirect has been a silly little iPhone game. Love it. I love it. 
So there you go. There's there's us validating your Candy Crush addiction. <laughs> also send me more lives, please. <laughs> yeah, add us on Candy Crush. We'll put our put our usernames in the show notes. <laughs> no, we won't because mine is weird. <laughs> yeah, yours is weird. No, but you know. <laughs> um, so if you're still sitting here and you're like, I still don't think I can meditate, I'm going to invite you to take a deep breath in and then let it go. And then just for funsies, just for shits and gigs, do that one more time. Breathe in. And out. And then just notice my voice floating into your ears. So whatever you're doing, keep doing it. And just notice, just like I was a little cloud passing in one ear and out the other. Can you hear me now? Good. Congratulations, you just meditated. Now go do that for another minute and a half. <laughs> we got you halfway there. <laughs> but seriously, it can be that simple. And honestly, the more you do it, the more you start to cultivate that curiosity, that compassion towards yourself, the more you're going to start to see your relationship with your ADHD improve. All right. Go forth and meditate. Go forth and meditate, my friends. You can do it. You can do it. Okay. Okay. Until next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Demystify Magic with Molly and Madison. If you want to learn more about us, you can find all our links in the show notes. We'd love to know what you think of today's episode. So drop us a review or give us a shout out on social media. And don't forget to let us know your magical moment of the week. Okay. Love you. Bye. Bye.